We're going to give away some tickets here in a few minutes to see Chris's show, Chris Morgan, A Life in the Wild from Pythons to Polar Bears. Uh, but get your tickets. That is a great Christmas gift for the family. Who doesn't love animal stories? And as you know, as you could tell from the last few minutes, Chris knows how to tell a story. So you were in the Redwood National Forest. Do I have that right? And you Did you climb one of the trees? I did, yeah. There was just a couple of weeks ago. This is Redwood National Estate Parks. We're doing a whole series on national parks for the wild, and this was the first park that we went to. It was amazing. Wow. These trees are you know, 30 feet across, and some of them are 2,200 years old. Like, if you, if you climbed to the top of the Statue of Liberty, you'd be looking down on these. On, on, you'd, be, you'd, wow. you'd be looking up at these trees still. They're like a wow. one and a quarter times the size of the Statue of Liberty. They're, they're incredible. So I got to climb one. Yeah, one of the smaller ones. It was only about 10 stories high, <laughs> you know, about 100 feet high. Still. But it was incredible. Got to the top, and there's the Pacific Ocean, and you're up among the bald eagle nests, and there's these seabirds there called marbled murrelets that nest in the top of the trees. And I was climbing it to see all the plants and creatures that live on a tree by sort of <laughs> I got into a climbing harness that was about two sizes too small and started hoisting my <laughs> 230 pounds up this tree. It was not a fast process, but mm. we got to the top eventually, you know, yeah. That would be knee-knocking for yeah. me, man. That would be some <laughs> knee-knocking stuff. And how is it that you came across a guy who was high on mushrooms? Uh, you know, the story we're telling there is, is you know, 95% of these trees were cut down back in the day, but they're starting to come back. And and thankfully, some state parks and then the national park later protected the trees that were left. So I was in one of these forests of all these giant trees around me, you know, middle of nowhere. I'm about six miles in on a 12-mile hike. Come around this bend, and there's a guy sitting at the side of the trail, and he looks a little sweaty and worse for wear. And uh, I look at him, I said, are you okay? And he looks back at me, he says, is this really happening? <laughs> I said, what's up? And he goes, I've taken some mushrooms. I'm like, how many? And he goes, well, they were about the size of my finger, and I've taken nine of them. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I've got to tell you guys, it was, one of the, it was one of the most entertaining conversations I've ever had in my whole life. You know? I sat down with him, rubbing his back and bringing him down for about an hour and uh, just like looking at these trees together. He was having qu- quite the time of it. <laughs> He ate the redwood-sized mushrooms. <laughs> he did. He did, yeah. He probably thought he was imagining those trees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he kept saying things like, uh, uh, Nike, that's the thing, right? I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. He goes, social media, that's the thing. That's right? the thing. Trucks. That's the trucks thing. Ex- trucks exist, right? I'm like, yeah, trucks exist. Yeah, you know? those are all part of the world. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's talk wolves. Now, Brad and I were talking about wolves. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, a wolf pack. Oh, a few months ago, we got a call from a listener, and he says, "Ah, uh, you know, they say there aren't any on the east side or on the west side, but I know they are. I've and, seen them." Uh, he said, "Yeah, I've seen them," and they wouldn't give us any more. You know, he just said, "I've seen them. I know that they're there." And I'm like, okay, well, I suppose it's possible. But you have been uh, you you've been studying this, and and this has been a recent uh, adventure of yours, I guess, right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I was um, I was out just last week tracking them, but um, 
it was big news. These wars have slowly come back to the to the North Cascades National Park over this last few years, sort of quietly, without any fuss. You know, they've come back there naturally on their own, you know, just walking into this big protected place that we have right here on the doorstep. It's incredible. But they've never quite made it to the west side until a few years ago when one showed up in the mountains just sort of south, south and east of Mount Baker. And in fact, people saw it in the Marble Mount concrete area. So this sort of captured my imagination a couple of years ago, and I just started hiking around looking for this wolf, which is impossible to find yeah, one yeah. wolf in this massive wilderness. But I found its tracks on three different occasions because I was just following my nose in the right place. And then we went back last week to see if we could find more evidence. And we went with a park service biologist named Jason, Jason Ransom. And um, it was incredible. We, he's, he's captured them on, on camera. Uh, turns out this one wolf may have disappeared, but another one might have come over. And there might be actually more than one now. So, yeah, it's one of the stories we're going to tell in the podcast because it's just really compelling how these creatures managed to come back after they, they were all, all almost all of them exterminated basically you know but now and now they're trotting back across the landscape you know but the first one on the west side so super exciting to me to, to have them on on our side of the mountains kind of thing you know well i'm no animal biologist but i think they can speed up the comeback by having more than one I'm not sure about the math, but I think you need two. It definitely helps. Yeah, this one wolf, a female, did find him. Then she disappeared off the radar, so he became solo again. And then it's been this up and down journey of are they going to make it back? And you know, you know, like you say, Brad, it's not a pack until there's more than one of them. You know, so <laughs> it's on again, off again. These relationships, it's a, it's a tough life for those guys out there. Well, I, it was amazing. Actually, the, the biologist that we were with uh, played a, a, a video of one of the wolves in the park. There's the more of them just down in the southeast part of the park of the national park. And it was just incredible. This remote camera, this wolf trots up on video into this remote, remotely triggered camera. It looks right at the camera, its eyes glowing kind of thing, and just goes, Aroo! oh, God, it was just chilling to see. Now, I, amazing I, to think that they could come back. I know, uh, Chris, after we talk to you, we'll get email from some folks who have ranches or whatever and say, well, tell that Chris Morgan it's not the best, you know, I know they've been dealing with it on the east side. Now, what is your what is your... Uh, your 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 pushback on that when ranchers well, first, say you know hey they're you know they're killing our cattle and and we got to protect them yeah it's tough I, I feel for people who are making a livelihood out on the land because it can be a conflict you know wolves do get into conflict with ranch lands and and and, and ranches and, and their livestock it does happen it's rarer than you might think and the stories get embellished you know like wolves have faced their entire existence. Little Red Riding Hood stories and all of these exaggerations, but there is a risk, so it's a problem. But there are things that people can do to keep the wolves away. And one of my good buddies, I call him the Wolf Ranger, rides a horse in wolf country in northeastern Washington State. And he's on the side of the wolf, but he's also on the side of the rancher. And he's like this cowboy wolf lover, rancher lover that rides the range and keeps them all happy. It's a pretty incredible story. So there's ways, there's ways to deal with it. It's funny, while we were out in the field last week, I ended up in a in that little saloon called the Hub in in Concrete for a, a couple of beers after our, our long hike, and I had my microphone walking around with my recorder, you know, in the bar, and I wanted to talk to people about wolves, and I was surprised actually. I, I wanted someone to say I hate wolves and I don't want them back, but everyone I spoke to was like, "Oh, I love them, oh, it's fantastic." Oh, we never see them; they're not a problem. It's wonderful to have them back, you know. So it was pretty interesting, you know. Well, it's wonderful to have you back. I mean, you're, you're it's like a Christmas present for me. 
<laughs> Hearing you talk, Thanks, tell stories, I, I could have you on all day. Oh, I feel super. I feel super lucky, especially, you know, living in the world. There's so much right on our doorstep. You know, when we were out tracking these wolves the other day, we were following tracks of, we, we found uh, bobcat tracks. We found potentially a wolverine track. This is on the west side of the Cascades, down in low elevation in this valley where we we're looking for these wolves. We found, we found cougar tracks as well, fresh cougar tracks. And then we get to the camera, and on the camera are all of those animals, you know. It's, it's incredible to think that you're in the footsteps of these. And there was a bear on a camera in January, right in the middle of the winter. We must have come out stretching, thinking, oh, I, could, I can handle winter, but probably went straight back to bed, you know. So these cameras reveal so much. But it made me think, you guys will get a kick out of this, it made me think about the animals that were here in the past as well. We're lucky to have all these creatures here in the, in the Cascades, right? But in the past, there was a creature called the American lion, and it lived here till about 11,000 years ago, and it was 25% bigger than an African lion. So it weighed about 1,000 pounds <laughs> right here in North America. Can you imagine coming across one of those on the trail? We yeah, an we American we American lion. Yeah. Wow. Man. What were yeah, they, isn't what, that cool? What do you suppose they were eating? Anything they could find, probably. Anything they wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, nothing much. Not on the menu for a big cat that size that weighs 1,000 pounds. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, it's going to be a great show on Friday night, January 26th at the Mount Baker Theater. A Life in the Wild from pythons to polar bears. Great storytelling uh, and, and and pictures and uh, I don't. Do you do a Q and A kind of thing too, or you, uh, how does all that? Work? Yeah, we might try and do some of that. Yeah, it's tough with a big crowd like yeah. that, but um, but we'll, we'll try. Yeah, I love the audience interaction stuff, you know. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I I hope you guys can make it. I really enjoy the venue's beautiful, right? The theater is gorgeous, yes. and it's just a pleasure to be in there. Well, let's give away some tickets to see Chris do his thing, and their tickets are available the the Mount Baker Theater website. But uh, we'll do a couple freebies right now. Chris, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, we'll try to uh, stop by the theater on Friday night, January 26th. For sure. And, and see you. We, we always thank you for doing our show. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Thanks, guys. It's always a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Okay, buddy. We'll talk to you down the line. All right. Take care. See you, man.